Welcome, friends. This week we are super excited. Firstly, it is our season finale before Woo! Christmas breaking up. Oh my God. <laughs> and we're chatting with Ivy Fox. Welcome, Ivy. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Beck. How are you? <laughs> Good. We are so excited to have you on and talk about the Society series because it was absolutely amazing. So kudos to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I truly, truly do. (laughs) So we will just start off with a little bit about you. Okay. Now, so the boring stuff. (laughs) The boring stuff. Everybody wants to know it. Everybody wants to know. So obviously you're a lover of books and coffee, which honestly, that is a very common theme amongst the writing community is the caffeine, the caffeine requirement, whether it be coffee, whether it be energy drinks, understandable, I think. Um, Definitely a requirement. Um, And also chocolate. So especially chocolate ice cream it's like yeah it's like my um okay so I need my coffee as fuel to go on about my day and then at the end of the day if I've done a good job then I get a little bit of a pie I love that it's a reward (laughs) reward yeah (laughs) oh my god that's amazing um so you I do love in your bio how you say that you um, are surrounded by the two most important men in your life, your husband yeah. and your son, and also yeah. the fictional characters in your head. Um, because they have to share. Yes, <laughs> obviously. It's an, it's an important part. <laughs> Both my husband and Sean, they, they have to share because they know when my door is closed to my office that I'm no longer present in their lives. I'm my characters completely. They own me. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Completely understand that mm-hmm. from a reading perspective. <laughs> when we get into the book, you are just completely absorbed in it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's true. It, it's completely true. Like um, something mundane because I, I'm a mom, right? Something mundane as uh, making dinner or something like that. I'm in my own head. And if they talk to me, like at that precise moment while I'm trying to figure out a plot, I'll either burn my food, the food that I'm making them or eat their hat and like, no, go away. Not right now. <laughs> In the middle of an important scene here. <laughs> and, and they go, but mom, you're cooking. And I, I might be cooking, but I'm still working. <laughs> Multitasking. Absolutely. Multitasking yeah. is important. Yeah. yeah. So in this series, I mean, if people yeah. haven't seen the covers, you must go and check them out. They are amazing. Um, mm. So we have the four main books. So we've got See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Speak No Evil, and Do No Evil. Mm-hmm. They're all obviously um, secret society, um, mm. contemporary, uh, college romance, mm. um, but they're all while they're standalones, they all have an interconnected storyline that isn't resolved yeah. until the end. So it is yeah. awesome that it's a completed series because <laughs> not waiting. Okay, <laughs> magic people who had to wait. Oh my oh god. My Especially god. after the book three finale. <gasps> exactly, because Do No Evil took me nine months to write. I mean, I had it all plotted out. I knew where I was going with it, but it was either so hard for me to let go. Mm-hmm. that I prolonged it mm-hmm. or, or every word that I chose 
I just, no, that's not it. That's not what I want to write. So I obsessively <laughs> compulsively um, rewrote a bunch of chapters on the last uh, book until I thought, okay, this is it. This is exactly what I meant to do. And I have actually heard that from other authors, haven't we, Beck, that when they get to the final book, they really find it hard to finish it off sometimes because they're just not ready to let go of those characters. Like it's like saying a goodbye. Or it it extends a lot longer because there was a few things that they, that just came to them while they were writing it that they needed to put in. So, yeah, yeah. I actually think that I won't be able to let go of this this little world world that I created. Um, I think there's still a lot there that I can do, uh, even if it's like a spinoff, like um, Naomi and Richard's story, for example. Oh, I love oh my god, we're not talking about like we need their story. <laughs> oh my god, we need their story so. No, much. yeah. I was actually thinking of doing just a little small novella to doing the box set, but then I nixed that idea. I, I want to do a full book. I think they, yes. they deserve it. Oh my God. And I think there's I think enough so. story there to do it. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's definitely one of the, it's definitely one where, and we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about, you know, all the, the characters oh, and yeah. through the books, but it's one of the, the series I've read where it's like, Oh my goodness, I actually went back to see if you had written a story about the parents <laughs> because I was like, this is insane. This would have been like just how they came together and grew mm. up. You're like, whoa, like, you know, there's a whole another level there that would be so cool to, to, um, to yeah. Yeah. So you agree with me. There's a lot more there. I think so much the more there. So- um, but the we risk. specifically this afternoon spoke about Naomi and Richard. We're like, yeah, oh we my did. God, I yeah. hope there's a story about their love story. Like when we were catching up, we're like, oh, I need to read more about Richard. Like we love Richard. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love Naomi. I know. I, lo- I really, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yes, please. Um, and thank you. We will take that. <laughs> I think I felt like I love their, their love story more than Easton's. <laughs> I'm sorry, but. I actually get that a lot. I think that yeah. with Easton's story with Scarlett's was so intense that. It was. When we get a little bit of a glimpse of Naomi and Richards, it was like, oh, okay, I can breathe now. Okay, let me fall in love with these two a little bit now. Yeah, I I really, really love them. And I think, well, okay, I've written like, I don't want to, I didn't want to say this. I've written already like five chapters on their book. Yes. And I really think there's a lot more that I can do there. Absolutely. Like you could tell there was so much backstory as well, even just between the different parents and parent couplings as well so much backstory there that you were like oh I really would like to know this like it wasn't necessarily important for this particular storyline but it was just something that you were like I'd love to know what happened here and what their history was and what Richard and Owen's history was and all the little things that they alluded to Owen and Colleen's story I think oh my god (laughs) I think that one's going god okay so hot <laughs> I think those I, two are yes. going to be insanely hot because um everyone thinks that when you look at them Colleen is cold and different yes. um but she's really not cold had that little bit of 
an insight into their his parents' relationship yes. when he oh I don't know if you remember that yep. scene. Oh yeah, I remember it. Yeah. And you can see there was a lot of love in between them. So, so and you I was very like, shocked by it. Yeah. So why is he sleeping around with all these other women? You know, I know. Yeah, I'm like, know. he's just got so many children. He's just he's so, so virile. <laughs> he's so virile. Like, honestly, I'm, I was like, <laughs> when Easton, uh, there was a line. Easton said, uh, um, in the last book, wasn't about, there any protection what around condom? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was like, oh my God. Easton was hilarious in that scene, actually. Yeah. Uh, but we will come back to that. So in addition okay. to the four main books, there is a novella and yeah. that's Fear No Evil. So that kind of falls between book two and three, and three. where we've situated yeah. it. Um, and oh my God, the girl on that cover is stunning, mind you. Um, yeah. So, and that's about Ava and Chase. So that's that's all of them. So let's let's start. Let's start. Let's start. <laughs> let's start with okay. Finn. I love Finn. I, I love Finn. I think I, I don't know. I think this one was like from a couple perspective. Like I loved, I loved them the most. I think. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I was very torn. I loved all of them. I loved all of them. So <laughs> I just like guys that we have so we've got finn easton colt and lincoln lincoln and colt at the start are cousins <laughs> um, <laughs> the start yeah um and essentially we start out with them you know alluding to a terrible night where lincoln's parents are killed it's alluding yeah. to the fact that they're involved in it and all yeah. of a sudden there's this secret society that's blackmailing them about it so yeah. that's where we start out and it starts out with Finn being blackmailed but it also starts out with like an indication that somebody that they know and it mm -hmm. quite heavily points towards this could be Kennedy and I'm like no it can't yes. be because I want her to be with Lincoln and that's going to really ruin their relationship for me if she's blackmailing mm -hmm. them and she's quite angry about it oh you, I, you just do not you just don't know with her so angry um and so that's the text messages we've had back and forth and the conversations about kennedy is and kennedy? her twin brother jefferson yeah mm. yeah yeah i don't know look during the the first three books i got a lot of messages saying because I always, from the beginning, I always told that Lincoln and Kennedy were endgame. I knew yeah. that from the start. And everybody would, well, a lot of messages would come my way saying, no, that can't happen because we hate Kennedy. Kennedy oh, is no. I didn't for a better her. term, a manipulative bitch, and we don't want her. Seriously. And I'm like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly what's going to happen because... She, she's such a complex character like you find out a uh, lot more about her in the final book absolutely yeah. and I think that a lot of people's opinions would have changed of her in that book when you get a lot more yeah. of her background as well but no I liked her all along but I was very on the fence about all these little things happening I'm like oh it's got to be her, but I, it can't be her. There's no way that Lincoln could possibly forgive her for all this shit that she's putting them through yeah. if it is her. And then so we did toss back and forth, like, must be Jefferson. Like, he is so close to her. He's so interconnected yeah. with this. Like, that would make more sense. But then there were all these little, like, Easter eggs along the way. Like, but Kennedy was there. She was 
that point and but you were only seeing it obviously from certain perspectives so you weren't seeing Jefferson in the background doing his little that's another thing that I wanted to do with this series was that the truth changes in regards to whose perception it actually is Mm. Mm. so for example there's a scene where Colt is at the Hamilton estate it's Halloween night and he has Kennedy you know slung up 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 um, at the wall mm. and yep. Easton's mm. so I, I did that scene three times yes I did yeah. Colt's perspective Easton's perspective and Kennedy that was purposely done so the reader could see wait a second that so one incident was so yeah. different you know for for each one of them yeah and, and that's like life when we're 100%. you know something happens to us we can be um personally affected different differently than the person next to us so i i wanted it to be purposely done um with this series that for example finn thought that lincoln's relationship with teddy was fine yeah. <laughs> right um so there are a lot of secrets that people hide for themselves like they only show one uh, version of themselves to you know someone and another version to another person does that make sense yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. No, no. No, oh, yeah. No, that makes total sense and it was very well done in that respect in terms of seeing those scenes from so many different people's perspectives and exactly what was going on because mm-hmm. um yeah well starting off with finn i guess so finn yes. is asked to to go and um befriend stone mm-hmm. who is like this badass southy chick like she's from the wrong side of the track she's trying mm-hmm. to get herself out of that you know yeah. lower economic area mm-hmm. you find out lots about her throughout the book her dad's in jail <coughs> but yeah. um not necessarily he hasn't actually done anything he's just been um a victim of you know, not having the money to be able to fight things. Um, You know, you've got her mom who is bipolar and she's never really recovered from that. And you've got her who's literally just fighting tooth and nail, not focusing on anything except for school, trying to get, make most of her situation. And then you've got Finn who's all like, I'm a quarterback. I have all the money I want, anything that I possibly want. And I don't want it. (laughs) <laughs> and it was so devastating honestly to find like especially um well firstly it did make me laugh how we was like yeah look I just have sex with people I don't want them to talk because honestly I just don't like hearing people that much so I prefer them just to be quiet you know we get our release and they can just go away and that's cool and then he's being told that he has to like essentially seduce somebody who doesn't want to be seduced and he has no skill whatsoever none none. no no game no game whatsoever and so he goes to this bar one i mean girls would would you know, would be happy to sleep because of who he was. Exactly. So he he never had to practice any game whatsoever. Now enter Stone and he's a little bit out of his depth. Like, what do I do? And he's so hilarious because he's just like, 
going into this bar and he's so out of his element. He's like, for God's sakes, there's cockroaches on the ground. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and he and- has a little bit of ADHD. So his his mind is always working, you know, he's always in his head. So yeah. He was an awesome character to write. I loved him. I did. And I love how he just, he doesn't know what to say. So he's just completely rude. <laughs> he's just so rude. And then, and then you start seeing all these different sides of him. And so when he takes her up to the lookout to show her the stars, and then he essentially like explains how like he can never be himself and how like it's nice just to have a moment of freedom and stuff like that and how he wants to be an astronomer and his dad's just forcing him to be in football. It's so devastating like to find out all these things about him. Yeah. All his little court, like I guess the way he courts her after like he's just given no choice. It's just so cute, like all the little things he does. Right, yes. because since he doesn't have any game, whatever he does is actually genuine. It's yeah. you know, innocent. it's raw, and I think that's why Stone uh, actually fell for him in the end. Because absolutely, he yeah, because he was and so blunt. You read a book where it's the guy that falls in love first. Like I, I it's so rare to see a guy fall that hard that fast. Mm. And Stone was a little bit more protective of her heart, you know. know. Um, it was so devastating was every time he was like, "I love you," and then she was just like freaking out, like just, yeah. and he's like gutted. <laughs> yeah oh god that scene hurts so much yeah (laughs) the scene yeah I know so devastated also we did have a really good laugh at the monologue that he had with his dick a lot I know so funny he's just talking to it like (laughs) so good and then she's like what are you doing you're in your head and he's like I don't want to tell you she's like no he's like I'm talking to my dick (laughs) yeah I'm I'm talking to my dick (laughs) I I didn't want you to do uh him talking to his dick so you know in a lot of scenes but I just wanted to point out that this is Paul Finn's poor head you yeah. know a lot yeah. was going on in there yeah yeah but it was um, hilarious yeah he was good uh and also like he was a like little secret dom he didn't even know he was a dom um and then yeah. all of a sudden he's like holy shit I've been holding back every time I have sex with somebody and now I can just let myself go Go. and stones all like give me everything you got and oh my god the scene at the bar in the back room (laughs) (laughs) can you help me with the crate of beer that one and i really (laughs) loved the fact that he was so oblivious to it when he she called and he's like yeah well maybe i could go and help her with the beer because i need to do some heavy lifting like she's turning me on like crazy i'm like dude she she wants some she wants some like again he was very very naive very innocent finn um compared to the other three boys he's the most kind-hearted the not kind-hearted the most soft-hearted like yeah like he put that rude exterior on because easton and cole you know the men around him usually do that's what big macho Mm. men do you know but inside he was just a cute little teddy bear yeah adorable yeah (laughs) and i think for stone 
who was such a hard ass, she needed a little bit of soft, you know? Absolutely. It was, yeah, yeah they had a very good dynamic. And um, there's also little things the whole way through, like he invites her to his dad's birthday, which is a huge yeah. step for him because like his mom automatically thinks anybody that he invites over is going to be married into the family. She doesn't yeah. even realize it's such a huge step. But when he's that devastated, when she turns him down, yeah. she's like ends up going with him and she goes shopping with Kennedy. And that's another little like nugget of information there where she's like, I don't know where I've seen this girl from. I've seen her somewhere. Yeah. It's a blurred memory. You're like, Ooh, is it, is it something? And then they're at the party all of a sudden there's this message from the society because he was meant mm-hmm. to give her a phone and replace mm-hmm. it with her own um, mm-hmm. saying that basically it's too late that they warned him. He didn't do it in time. And he had left her with Kennedy again. And all of a sudden she gets this phone. So another little thing would make you think, Oh God, was it her? Please don't be her. I don't want it to be Kennedy. Um, but devastating because, you know, the phone was used to ruin her chances in her law career. Um, and she basically blamed Finn for it, that he had was the one that did it all. But meanwhile, he gets absolutely screwed over as well because somebody plants, you know, fake doping results on him. He gets kicked off the team. Uh, well, he doesn't get kicked which, off. Which for him was almost a blessing. Yeah, was he was like, oh, well didn't want to be yeah, on anyway. I know. <laughs> I think actually he did get offered the opportunity to still play, but he had to get like testing done. Yeah. And then he's like, no. Nah, and out. he just was like, nah, I'm out. This is my opportunity. But his dad kicks him out of the house. Like everything happens. And he honestly, instead of being devastated about it, he's like, I'm going to do everything I can to get Stone back. He like gets the Richfield Foundation to try and get a dad out of jail. You know, um, he gets her mom like the best medical care. And yeah. even though he had no, no idea, like he didn't think Stone was going to come back to him. He literally was just doing that to help her out. And it was his mom that gave her the final push. Like, hello, do you really think he would be doing these things for Stone yeah. to be like, oh, damn. And then he tells her everything. Oh, my God. Everything. I loved that everything not even easton told scarlet everything i know and i was a bit like easton that's rude i mean this is the love of your life since you were 13 but whatever yeah Finn was all in he was all in he's like Finn was all exactly he's like like, wherever you go yeah you're with me and you will know everything so yeah and this is what happened so fyi we're being blackmailed um <laughs> and at this point we're like oh okay okay who is next who is next so we move on to eastern scarlet so we get a little bit of a glimpse at them in the first book because eastern has this really weird interaction with this quiet geeky girl in the classroom and finn's like what the hell's going on with him um yeah, you know, and then, like yes yeah <laughs> and i'm like is that gonna be the girl <laughs> Yeah, and so I love that because he's all like, yeah, hard, tough. I sleep Mm -hmm. with everybody. I do what I like. Nobody controls me. And she's all like this meek little church mouse um, initially Uh, until we find out more. Um, But you find out like lots of stuff because he has this really big grudge against his stepfather. Yeah. And you don't understand why because 
even in his own mind when he's describing the relationship that his stepfather has with his mom and he's like he doesn't treat her right he doesn't do this but then he says all these little things that clearly indicate that he is treating her right and yeah. he knows it so you're wondering like what is act what his hang-up is about it um and then he talks about the fact that he used to go to church until he started getting boners every time he listened to Scarlet sing. So he had to stay away. Um, <laughs> That's a bit awkward. Just such a 13 year old boy thing to do. Super awkward. <laughs> um, and I do like love that their story started then and that they just kind of both knew like something is here between us that it is explosive, but we need to stay away from it. Otherwise it's going to completely consume us. Like, I don't know if we can handle it or not. Like I love that it was just always there and it, it was just like an unspoken thing between them. Yeah. So of course, you know, she's the one that he has to, you know, get close to. That's how the society works, right? That's how the society works. <laughs> totally messed up. Um, but also helpful. <laughs> also helpful. Very helpful. Finding them to their soulmates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know if, well, I, I don't, I don't want to say yet who the society is in this case, but I don't think that he actually planned that to no. happen. I think like, he really okay, thought it would be stupid now. Yes, absolutely. But it's interesting, like, so Easton finds out a lot more about Scarlett, like on the one hand she's at the university she's literally wearing the biggest ugliest clothes she can to like be as invisible as possible and the other hand she's at this secret club where people go to like commit all types of debauchery and everything and here she is up on stage like wearing almost naked clothes singing like a complete siren so like there's two completely different sides of her yeah (laughs) and he's like firstly why didn't I know about this club? Um, <laughs> doesn't even, he's not even allowed in. Not even allowed in. Which really pisses him off. <laughs> like, how are all of you on here? <laughs> it's like, first time I'm using my stepdad's name and I can't get in the fucking door. You know Seriously. what? Fine. I I'll, I know how to get in here. <laughs> I'll bring my mates. They know how to get in here. Sure, I'll get in. at least. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and then he gets good old Richard to get him on the list. And, yeah. and that's when you can kind of see, like you can clearly tell there's a lot of love there from his stepdad, even though he constantly makes out that his stepdad hates him because essentially, even though he gave him some shit, he did exactly what he wanted him to do, got him on the list. Like, even though he didn't want him to go there because he didn't want him to get caught up with that type of crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of start seeing their relationship there and, you know, wondering more what's happening picking up on what you just said this is why I think that there has to be another book for Richard and Naomi yes please (laughs) (laughs) because I really want to put a little bit more focus and also not focus how can I just elaborate why Easton felt the way he did against Dick because sometimes when we read the book especially me and I was writing it I I was like this Easton just get on with it get over it already you know like he he's trying to be a good stepdad to you um but in the beginning I don't want to give too much away because of Richard and Naomi's book um 
we all realize at the end of uh, Hear No Evil how Easton came to be. So who yeah. his biological father uh, is. So Easton always had this thing. When he looked in the mirror, all he saw was that. Exactly. So it was, yeah. And he thought that when Richard looked at him, all he saw was that. Absolutely. Hating on Richard, he was actually hating on himself. It was his own insecurities. Absolutely. So it was very eye-opening to find that out, like towards the end of the book, um, Mm -hmm. where you find out about Naomi, you know, having that horrible sexual assault against her she was a virgin at the time and then she fell pregnant she was kicked out of her home um you know so him and her had to live on the street she was a cleaner that's how they met Richard and he basically took two years to get Naomi to agree to marry him um but you can see yeah all of that is and he mentions it quite frequently throughout the book. You just kind of don't understand it until it's put in context about how he's a monster and how he's got the devil living inside of him. And that's what he truly believes because he has a rapist's blood in his body and he believes that that's what Dick believes about him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Instead of realising that Dick is just trying to be a father to him in the best way I he knows know. how. I know we're jumping to the end, but when when Richard turns up and says, I know that I've lost, like, I've lost your mother, like, if she wants a divorce, I've lost her, and we'll talk about why that is. But And then he says, but I, I, I can't lose you. Like I, and I was like. <gasps> I cried. I cried so much, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And Asa was so confused because like, until oh. that point, he just really didn't realise how much Dick loved him, like, did not realise. And Dick was like have everything as long as you can still be a part of my life like I can't lose you and I was like I know I know (laughs) know. I think this one that was really mind-blowing was um finding out about Owen (sighs) and Jesus because yeah you hear Owen mentioned in Finn's book but then and then Amanda said to me she goes did you pick up on Owen I'm like Hang on a second. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that's cold stat. Why is Owen there? Why is Owen there? And why does he have this weird, weird relationship? With her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which you don't find out about until <laughs> 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 Old's book. <laughs> what that is. But yeah, like he in in East in Easton's book, he's really comes across quite dodgy like no one even knows he owns this club <laughs> no no one knows owen owns it he's got all these people spying for him all the girls yeah. that work there like and also it's like the word yeah birds yeah why are they spying and you're like what is going on here so the plot thickens with owen he was and even able find- to manipulate scarlet to you know do that yeah. real little bird for him without yeah. her even realizing it that she oh. was no and then at the end of the book when when she shows him what she found you're like can I trust this chick (laughs) I know you do get a bit dodgy like a bit dodgy vibe from her at that point I know I'm like um excuse me (laughs) right now and so she does um like you do find out more about their relationship because Easton obviously loses his shit and goes over and like 
you don't get to sleep with her. And then Owen's like, ew, um, which even more ew at the end ew. of the book. Um, yeah. But he's like, no, like my Scarlett's mom was my best friend. She moved to Vegas mm-hmm. to become a singer. You know, there was a horrible, um, you know, stalker who, you know, burned her to death. Scarlett tried to save her. That's why she always covers up because she's, you know, well, he's assuming at that point she's obviously got burns on her arms. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so you do find that a little bit out, but you don't know the full extent of their relationship. You don't know the actual relationship they have, yeah. Well, she yeah. doesn't even know. No. He doesn't. No one knows anything. No. But we do I go to the Halloween party something. and Scarlett does show up at the Halloween party dressed as an angel and Easton is dressed as, as the devil. devil. And also we must mention all this time Kennedy is engaged to Tommy Boy, who Tommy is Boy. a complete Wait, dick. When he's go ahead, go ahead. No, he's a complete dick to everyone. And he likes to cause a little bit of drama along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really don't like him. You don't like him at all at this point. You hate him. He's a jerk. He's a dick. He's a jerk. Yeah. He's yeah. keeping Kennedy from her true love, Lincoln. And exactly. Like, yeah. through you, Tommy Boy. Yeah, um, Tommy, I love that he's named. I know, I love that he's called Tommy Boy. And because so his dad is a senator, his dad yeah. is always at the club and he's yeah. there as well and they're all like, why are you cheating on her, blah, blah, blah. So that's there. But anyway, they go to this Halloween party and Easton shows her these secret passageways, which, by the way, Easton, like you're a really smart dude, hey, and you're only just figuring out this is how they recorded you, like the secret passageways, this is how they saw you. He's like, oh, my God, they were in the secret passageways. Exactly. The epiphany only hit him then. Only happened while he was watching Finn. <laughs> oh my god! But that scene, started yeah. going at it, and he's just like, "We're going to watch in the passageway, and we're going to get it on." And I was like, oh my god. "What?" I'm like, oh, wow. uh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> it was so hot. Though. It was so hot. And he has that heart to heart with Jefferson as well, which is really, yeah. which was really gutting because Jefferson was just like, "Look, at the end of the day, Kennedy must get married." It's a marriage of convenience. Mm. She will do her job for the family uh, so we can be connected and I have to be a lawyer. I'm like, well, yeah. I feel like you've got the easier part of the job, Jefferson, okay? So just uh-huh. stop working. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all of that, all of that happens. Um, and he has Scarlett over at his house and he draws her like a scene from the Titanic. Um, <laughs> and at this point as well, they get a they get a flash drive and it's of Easton's mum having sex. Oh, I was I was like, please don't say she's cheated on Richard. But anyway, <laughs> they're like, no, she hasn't cheated on Richard, but you can't see him. So people will assume it because they still look down on her as not being born and bred in Ash Asheville, you know. So um, they're like, we need a video of Scarlett, and I'm the whole time thinking, oh my god, he's actually going to do it. He's going to do it. And, you know, he, tri- he loves he his mom. Naked, and then she sends him a, p- a video of herself. I'm like, oh, yeah. he's that video. He doesn't. And then his mom's video gets leaked. Like, yeah. I felt really sorry for her because she's such a lovely person. She's tried so, so hard, so hard to get everything done and, and devastated. 
She only wants to leave because she doesn't like because it's done damage to like Richard's reputation. I know. That got it. Richard's like, I'm gonna move to New York just to be near you. I know. <laughs> I know. She same thing. She doesn't quite see her full value either. Same as Easton. Um, and then Easton's like, damn, I'm getting them back together. So he um, you know, m- makes up a, a date and Richard shows up and he calls Richard dad. Oh, doesn't it melt your heart? Oh my God. I was like, oh. I read that part three times. I, I don't so normally ex- get sent I was so excited for Richard. Oh, I was like, oh, he called him dad. <laughs> there were a couple of scenes that actually melted my heart. The one where he calls, um, you know Richard dad and the one where there's Richard Naomi and Scarlett having dinner and Naomi asks so how long have you been together and oh, yeah. does all our lives I'm like this oh you just I know. and then Richard's like so proud of you <laughs> yeah I do love that I love that and so he's like you know you're getting back together like simple as that Rich is like, I'll literally give up my whole company. I don't give a shit about my company. I just want you. And he's like, babe, I was in the video. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) But with um, with that precise scene, what I wanted to also show was how, now this is my feminist side talking, is how when a video like that is late. Oh, 100%. 100%. You guys don't get crap for it. Never. No. Whoever, who gets, you know, the full ordeal and the weight of the stigma yeah. of having sex tape out is the woman. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And it sucks balls. It like really it does. Really we do get the wrong no. end of the stick sometimes, like in certain situations. It's ridiculous. It really, um, really is. So I just wanted to show that in the real world, that's what would happen, you know? like Absolutely. The, yeah. Absolutely. But it's just like an immediate assumption. There was no even thought of any of them that that could have been her husband. They're just like, oh, she's cheating on him. Like there wasn't even exactly. a thought. Like what? Yeah. I know. But so I absolutely loved the scene because Scarlett's uncle is the, the church minister. He gets mm-hmm. pictures of her singing um, on the stage as Angel mm-hmm. and he starts to like berate her about it and I really thought she was I didn't know how she was going to react but I loved that she just put him in her, his place and she was like mm-hmm. I will do what I want you're meant yeah. to be like this you know holier than now person accepting mm-hmm. loving kind all the people in this town have done nothing for the church she shows up every single time and the minute that something goes wrong you just shut her and I was like yes Go Scarlet. Apologizing. I loved that. I love that yeah. because yeah, he needed to eat some humble pie there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, Easton's like, Dad, I'm taking the jet. Heads up. <laughs> and he goes and wins back. It's like, yeah. And she's like, you'll never leave me again. Where is Meanwhile, Scarlet's like, I know he's gonna come back. He yeah. will Yeah. Come. He can't. You know? He, he can't, can't stay uh, away from me. I'm so amazing. He will come back. So Scarlett finds the letters from the society. She takes it to Owen. She's like, shit, what's this about? And mm-hmm. and also at the same time, Easton goes to Rich and he's like, Dad, I need your help. That's I know. another moment. I was like, oh. And he's like, thank God we don't have to wait for book three. 
he's he's actually like relying upon his dad. Oh, I know, him. I know. Like shit's about to get real now. <laughs> I, um, I really like the the fact that he didn't tell Scarlet what was happening, but he had to tell someone, and yeah. it was his dad that he chose. Like, you need to help me. Yeah. Like, we can't do this alone. Yeah, I loved it. I yeah. Loved it. yeah. So then the Can next one to get a letter is. My personal favourite cult. <laughs> yep. Speak no evil. Cult. Cult Turner. He has been referred to in all of the books as the ultimate playboy, but yeah. to the point where he literally just sleeps around, but like he's just like can have absolute like days on days benders with people. And then at the end of it, the women are like, thank you. Because thank he's you. just so like they're, <laughs> like, they're like, seriously. But, um, he gets paired up with the ethics professor, Emma mm. Harper. There's another mm. little um, nugget in there because um, there's a scene in her lecture theatre. So you realise that the society person has to be a student. Um, yeah. And because they they're talking in the um, in her lecture. And and- I love how you girls actually, you know, have all the little crumbs. I'm loving this. Yeah. <laughs> So this is where I said to Amanda at this point, I'm like, okay, because I read a bit further on, obviously. And then, so it specifically says in that part that it's, yeah. Okay. So we're gathering, it's a student. And then it says that, that this person leans over and whispers into Colt's ear at that time. So they're sitting next to him. And then later on in the book, it says, Colt um, says, I go, I, he goes into the theater and he specifically says, I sit next to, I sit in my usual seat next to Kennedy and Jefferson. And you're like, like it's one of them. It's one. Hold of them. on. Yeah. It's one of them. Yeah. But then I'm like, it just can't be. <laughs> I just can't be. <laughs> I know. At this I point, know. I'm still on the Kennedy bandwagon. I'm like, I no, know. it's not Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> and Cole's job is to get Emma fired as well, which is terrible. Yeah. Poor bugger. Meanwhile, he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's like, yeah, whatever. But that's what he's saying, but it's not actually really what he's thinking, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, um, nobody knows that on Halloween night, he leaves the Halloween party and goes and has this super hot sexual tryst with her in the alleyway yeah and also like she just grabs him by the throat she's like stop talking and just get to the show me what your mouth can do god oh i love her (laughs) so good the full woman that knows exactly what she wants like she's not a little girl okay cole can't sweet she knows what she wants and she will get it from him Yes. yes Exactly. And so she, you kind of find out at the end of Easton's book, actually, because they go to the um, library in Charlotte and she's looking up, she's doing research. And one of the books she's got is about the society. So they already had a notion that they wanted to get close to her. And so they were like, well, this works out well, but we can't get a fire jet. We need to get the information that she has on the society. And she's actually writing a book about secret societies. And, um, and so she's, um, involved in all of that and she's so entwined in it that she just has got no life and her like editors like you need to get out that's what how she ends up out on Halloween night and with mm-hmm. one of her students in the alleyway it's like damn this is hot <laughs> and I was like oh, okay and then so then you can definitely so going back to the start of it where they're in that theater and they're having that bit of a sexual tension moment where they're just staring each other off you're like okay that yeah. makes sense yeah 
yeah, yeah, yeah. started doing that yeah exactly <laughs> but colt has two jobs so one of his jobs is the letter which is to tell him that he needs to get emma fired but the other one is a usb which tells him he needs to uncover a family secret he can't tell anybody yeah. about the fact that he's got this additional task um and yeah. he needs to expose this family secret to the world and yeah on his way out he just happens to walk past owen's office and he's owen and dick having a full-on fight like threatening each other there's so much background there you're like oh what is going on and what has happened with these and then you kind of like is owen the secret i know <laughs> i know and then he hears her talking yes yeah, it fit the fact that easton goes to you know, Richard says, dad, I need help. And then Richard automatically, the first person he visits, it's Owen. Like, Owen. what's exactly. going on? Exactly. Yeah. And so also, like, he overhears them talking about Scarlett. Um, yeah. And Richard's like, Scarlett's going to be in my family. And Owen's like, no, she's mine to protect. <laughs> I know, I'm like, we're all fighting over Scarlett right now. And then, and then, Rich is like, don't you, don't you mess with my family? And Owen's all like, I know that you get your hands dirty. And then it insinuates that he got all of Naomi's rapists murdered. And I was like, yes, good job, Richard. Good job. <laughs> I, I I really do need to get that book done in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, we need to know what did Richard do? I know, what, what did Richard do? Well, it yeah, it kind of plays because he goes to Owen and then, yeah, to sort that problem out. And you're like, but why Owen? Yes. Why are we going back to Owen? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who is Owen? <laughs> <laughs> also, we must go to that that alley like scene where he goes down on her and she's like, look, we can't have sex. He's like, well, that's fine. I'm just going to dry hump your butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will get off. I will get off. And you will get off again too. Doesn't count. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. I love it. I love it. He does like her because she doesn't fall at his feet. Everybody else just sees the persona that he puts on this basically like very shallow, very, very, you know, kind of bored of life type of person, like kind of like a rich person that's just got everything that just doesn't care about anything else. But he's just actually just so lonely and so bored and he just wants somebody to actually see him for who he is. Yes. And it's yeah. so, so sad. Like, um, cause he, cause you get this glimpse into his family, his mom, like is just seen as an ice queen. She just doesn't give him anything at all. Nope. His two older sisters don't give him anything. Really the only one that does is his youngest exactly. sister. And even then, like, he's like, oh, it won't be long till she, you know, ends up Great the same much. as them. Yeah. So it's really sad as he's living in this house and he's essentially all alone in there. Um, the only person that he has is Lincoln and Kennedy yeah exactly exactly and so we start getting these suggestions along the way that lincoln was the product of of an affair because they go he goes when lincoln's 13 to the woods and lincoln's like screaming and he's like now i know why he hates me so much and all this kind of stuff and so you get that um and we also get a little bit more insight into kennedy's dad montgomery who is the dean of the university um, I hate he's him. interested in Emma. I hate him so much. He's the biggest dick. I hate him so much. 
Yeah. I I knew I had to to write Montgomery in the beginning as this charming dean of the universe. But even as I was writing it, I already hated him so much. Yeah, he was a dick. Oh, he He was from the south side. He clawed his way out of the gutter, but he's literally just so hungry for money and power. He doesn't care how he comes about it. So we find out lots of things during this book. So firstly, he was he had been um with Lincoln's mother. He was determined to kind of drag her away and you know get married the minute she turned 18 so he could have a a part of the Richfield um you know fortune Colleen stops it she ends up getting married off to Crawford who was just like a horrible human being as well and Montgomery's like well that's fine I'm now going to marry Colleen's best friend and still be involved don't have any feelings for her just sleeping around constantly um and use my kids as pawns basically but yeah what a dick right he doesn't even care like he openly admits to emma as well like he's like yeah Yeah. look i tried to get her married off to teddy like lincoln's brother that didn't pan out he overdosed on drugs now i'll get her married off to the senators um that's what her job is she's got no other job she's a woman like what could she possibly have any value in i know and you find out how much how gross he is in the last one like more on that yeah yeah and Teddy book when that little scene happens with Emma yeah and you also get like these little insights into Teddy as well so like you get an insight there at the lake um and there's a suggestion that the only two people were on the platoon with her was Jefferson and um Teddy she gets pushed in she can't swim and you know they save her she has to be revived and everything um cults like I think it's Teddy because he I you know I'm pretty sure he killed my sister's cat like he's really ah. sadistic he's terrible yeah. like um but she won't admit she won't tell anybody who it is she keeps saying she fell yeah um <clears throat> so that all those things happen and Colt's like I'm going to be Emma's research aide so I, that's the way I'll get close to her but she's just so shocked because he's so committed to it and so committed to everything as well because it's actually something that he finds a bit of passion in passion about he's enjoying the fact that she's got so much passion for it as well i think that emma's um passion for her her work brought that out of him until then colt was didn't like anything i mean he didn't have any joy in life there was nothing he was passionate about and Mm -hmm. when he started you know hanging out with emma that passion that she had for what she was doing, you know, trickled down to him and he got, you know, hungry for it. Like, I want more of this in my life. So he was very committed until up to that point, Colt didn't, didn't commit to anything. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know? The most exactly. he would commit was to a, a woman for 24 or for two or three days and that's it, you know? Exactly. And so she ends up, because he gets her into his family estate. She finds these books in the library, these like journals and like little bits and pieces there. And she ends up admitting like the reason why she's so like hung up on the society is that her parents were killed in a car accident by a judge. When they looked into it more, her grandfather 
um, looked into it more. You know, he had a letter from the society. He was like a pedophile and he'd been basically threatened. And Not she, the grandfather, the judge. The judge, yeah. sorry, yes. Yeah. The judge was a pedophile. The society basically threatened him that he needed to turn himself in and he didn't do it. So they believe that they've messed with his car and her parents were just collateral damage along the way from that. And that's why her grandfather was so passionate about finding out about it until he passed away and why she's now passionate about it. Yeah. Just all so tragic. Let's just I know. And I mean, still cults like, <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as Everything a tragic. You're like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my God, so devastating. When will I write a happy, you know, feel <laughs> backstory? I don't know. I, know. I mean, it, it, but it, it, <laughs> <laughs> need tragedy for there to be like this is true any time yeah the suspense you're just like oh god so horrific and what are the chances <laughs> i know i know and she tried she's she's trying to get close to montgomery as well to get some information about him until she realizes that he wouldn't have any and colt sees her having this kind of final date if you may yeah. and he just loses his shit yeah. but he like came back like immediately that night and was like damn no I love you let's be together forever and obviously they have a lot of hot passionate sex um and kind of like hold themselves up inside for days upon end until they go to his family's um new new year's eve party yeah and mind you in the meantime Colt had um, been snooping around and found a picture of Scarlett in his dad's office and then went and yeah. accused Scarlett of sleeping with his dad. It wasn't yeah. his best moment. Easton was no. really pissed. And Easton yeah. was like, don't come to Christmas. Oh, yeah. I was heartbroken. I know. Oh, I was heartbroken. But at the same time, I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of, I, I mean, he did overstep the boundaries there. He did. But, but devastating. Oh. you know, he, he could have, yes, he could have done... Maybe he could have approached it differently. He could mm-hmm. have, but at the same time, I feel like Easton could have been like a bit more lenient and been like, you know what, dude, you are investigating the society. I understand. You love cult. You're biased. <laughs> I love cult. <laughs> he did. The part that devastated me the most about him not being at Christmas was that Easton proposed to Scarlet there and Colt yeah. was so gutted that he I was heartbroken. There. I was just so upset that Easton was just such a prick on the phone too. Like, I'm not ready for you to come to Christmas. and then like well I mean I can't not go to my own family's New Year's Eve party so basically suck it up Um, and then he's like oh yeah we got engaged sorry (laughs) yeah you weren't there everyone else was you weren't like but but I did write um a little I I don't know if it's you know it it was missed but I did write that um he does say contact yeah, yeah, before yeah. then, like he could have, he, he could have tried harder. I think. Yeah, he could have. He's like, you don't answer your phone, you asshole. I'm like, no, well, maybe find <laughs> another way to find him. <laughs> Carry a pigeon. <laughs> Figure it out, Eastern. <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah. at this New Year's Eve party, it's like, oh, P.S. Um, Lincoln. My girlfriend thinks that you are in the society, so just when he like throws ever under the bus, I'm like, Well, uh, boyfriend duties, like that's a bit harsh. Emma's all like, Damn, that was secret. Um, yeah, <laughs> and Lincoln's like, But right now, you take it away. Doesn't have any secrets from Lincoln, no. Uh, 
secret that he had was that, you know, flash drive when society said you have to find uh, yeah. the family secret and out it. Mm. So aside from that, he tells Lincoln everything. Yeah. Yes. And they go out to the maze and Lincoln's dad's like wasted and just saying really weird shit. So you don't kind of yeah. get where that's coming from until the next morning, which is the secret little rendezvous between Colleen and Owen. Owen's no. lying on her lap, crying his lies out, saying, let's I know. Meanwhile, you're like, people. I'm sorry. I thought Owen was this like I thought Colleen hated him. Badass and he's crying. And, and I thought Colleen hated him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, who is Owen? And he's like, we need to tell people. Colin's like, we can't tell people. And next minute it's like, but Lincoln and Scarlett are my children. What? What? (laughs) Mind blown. Oh, my God. So I kind of, I did kind of suspect that Lincoln um, and Colt were, that was the case. But Scarlett, I was like, no. I don't know why. Because looking back, you're like, <laughs> I, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't have picked up the Lincoln thing. I would have picked more up on the Scarlet, but I definitely wouldn't have picked up on the Lincoln thing. When but- he is kid, when they're kids and he's like, yeah, he's referred to a bastard child. I'm like, oh, he's going to be related to one of these people. Like that was when I was like, and, the, and they kept, I don't know. I just, I just got that vibe. Maybe all was- the pieces fall into place because Colt obviously rushes over to tell Lincoln. At this point, Lincoln is absolutely gutted because you find out that his father and Teddy told him that he was Montgomery's son. So all this time he thought he was harboring feelings for his sister, which makes sense. So, so much makes sense. And even when you refer back to a lot of the scenarios when you're in book four, you kept thinking to yourself, why is he not making his move you can tell how much in love they are why is he not moving it can't be because she was with his brother because it's clear that they never had any feelings for each other and then you're like why is like then it got oh well it's because Colt has feelings for it's like well Colt doesn't have feelings for her why is he not making this move why is Colt telling him he needs to move on when Colt is always so supportive of him why wouldn't he be like go get your girl and you just did not understand it until that moment where you were like, now it makes sense why he wasn't like, you know, going for it. Yeah. And, you know, of course, Kennedy's there then after he finds out and he's just like, leave to Colt. <laughs> then- yeah. <laughs> to Colt. Oh, yeah. Colt was like, yeah, damn boy, you got some making up to do. Um, and <laughs> Link's just my like, <laughs> Link is just like, oh, we're getting it on because, you know, we're not brother, sister no more. I like um, him like he didn't even sugarcoat it though. Colt's like, I'm going, I have to tell them immediately. I yeah, must yeah. tell him. I and like it. I yeah. love that. I love that. I loved it. wasn't like he kept it a secret or anything like no. that. And, so, and right after he left Lincoln, he knocked on Scarlett's door. Yep. He was like, hey, Scarlett. Guess what? Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Hey, sis. <laughs> Yeah, love it. And you're love like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And so, I think um, cool. even I think we missed part like with Kennedy. Like you, you definitely get you're still getting the vibe at this point because when he hooks up, when she hooks up with Lincoln at the end, there you're like, oh, bad move because I'm pretty sure she's part of the society. I know. But even along the way, she's like really 
dodgy with the girls as well. Like they, like you get the sense. Well, it's because well, Scarlett that's never trusted her. Yeah. She always no. had this really bad vibe. She's like, no, nah, I'm not going to trust her. Um, and and she and is it Stone? Yes, Stone in her book says, "I know those eyes." Yeah, eyes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Which I think in the next book you figure out yeah. why she knows those eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, so. Emma thinks she might be pregnant. This is like yeah. a big bombshell. She thinks she might be pregnant. She's got to go and have a meeting at the school with Montgomery. And, you know, Lincoln, um, Colt goes to tell Lincoln that Emma might be pregnant. And this is where you start getting a super, super weird vibe from Kennedy as well. Cause she's like, oh, Emma might be pregnant. Oh, do you want me to come shopping with you to get the pregnancy test? And she's like really seedy. Then she ends up being at the university after like, you know, her no. dad fires Emma and tries to like, basically assault her and she's just real weird in the lecture hall and then emma gets pushed down the stairs and says when she comes out of it to colt i think it was kennedy that pushed me she saw a flash of blonde hair now at this point this is where i message amanda i'm like okay here's the situation i don't (laughs) feel it's kennedy like i feel like that's too obvious it's either jefferson dressed as a girl (laughs) Because that's like, I feel like, because there was mention of like how identical they were. And Kennedy were. Even says if he wears a dress, he looks like he would look like me. And I'm like, that's exactly. it. Definitely Jefferson. But then I was like, is it Colt's sisters? Because they're like, they, they it's referred that they're, they're blonde. blonde. And then I'm like, at this point, it could be anybody. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So thankfully, Emma is safe. The baby is safe. There is a baby. It's safe. Colt's bought like $1,000 worth of baby clothes for it already. Um, And he's all like, yeah, we're doing this. Um, Yeah. And uh, they're at the hospital. Yeah, they're at the hospital. Easton and Scarlett are there. They're like, why wouldn't Lincoln and Kennedy be here? And then Finn and Stone rush in like, oh, my gosh, he's got him. He's got him. That's and what Colt automatically gives That's you. what Colt thinks because Scarlett, because Emma has said to him, Kennedy pushed him. He's like, oh, my God, her. she's got him. And then, of course, we flick to the scene where Kennedy is pointing a gun at Lincoln. He's tied to a chair and you're like, yeah and then he made people wait nine months after that like i would have died i'm so sorry (laughs) i waited nine seconds i I was like shit shit (laughs) don't apologize to us we (laughs) we didn't have to wait the nine months we were we were straight into it do you know i actually was um on my way back from Melbourne and I'm literally at the airport trying to hook up to the Wi-Fi lounge to get the next book. Oh my God. I could read it on the plane. Like I can't get on the plane and not read this book. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, no, I cannot wait. And like two, three hours until I get home to read this. So yeah. So imagine the, the poor readers that waited nine months. My heart hurt how long they to be there, I think. <laughs> that would have killed me so much. That was like a huge cliffhanger. But and, and well, and then you you cut to the scene where um whoever this person is yeah. is being oh did you just cut out <laughs> is being abused by Teddy is yeah well Teddy's having sex with them but you can tell it's not like enjoyable as such for the person 
that yeah. is having sex with them. You don't know who it is. Um, yeah. Sorry. You know it's a Ryland. You know it's a Ryland. Yeah. You know it's Ryland. Yeah. But at this um, point, it could, that could be anybody because there's so right. many illegitimate children. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, I'm like, that doesn't mean anything in my mind. <laughs> it could be anybody's arrival. Anybody. Yeah. yeah. And this person's like shame, like feels shame that they're like getting off on the experience. So obviously it's not something that they particularly enjoy. And this bit happens to be the night that Teddy overdoses. So he, this person goes to the bathroom. Teddy's overdosing on drugs. They watch Lincoln come in, actually hesitate about helping and then going to run to get help. In the meantime, this person's like, mm, yeah, look, you've served your purpose now, Teddy. And they smother Teddy. Teddy's dead. And Teddy's like, gone. Um, what, what just happened? Crawford comes in. He's like, how dare you kill my son? Then he has a stroke. And, um, yeah, I mean, it serves him right. I mean, he's been abusing Lincoln and his mother so many years. Um, she never left because she was like in some way felt like she was punishing Colleen. But again, these are the parent stories we need to get because there is a mention from Colleen. I've given my sister every opportunity to get out, but she won't. And like, what? why wouldn't she get out? Like there was, it was a little bit more than just this revenge thing that was suggested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it, like a... Like I said, th- this world is so rich and there's so much that still needs to be elaborated. There definitely needs to be a little bit of a spin-off series. Even Absolutely. Even for the parents. And I actually have a little idea also for Meredith. I, yeah. I really liked, and uh, Abigail and Irene, but Meredith, I think I could do a lot with her too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, okay. So yeah. we're now in Do No Evil. Yes, yeah. we're in Do No Evil. Um, uh, we, we go back to when they're when they basically when they're kids and they first meet yeah. Easton. Start hearing about lots of different things and yeah, how their relationship started and yeah, their friendship started. Yeah, I think that every ending has a beginning, and with uh, Do No Evil, I think that for things to make sense you had to go right back to the beginning to see exactly what happened. Because again, perceptions of people, you know, the truth is not very linear, you know? Absolutely. uh, What people have to understand, okay, this is who Lincoln is. Because so far, the only thing that people, well, readers got out of Lincoln was that he was stoic. Yeah, Mm. stoic. Um, very patient and very thoughtful. He took his time to to deliberate things yep. while uh, Colt was hot-headed, for example. Um, so this book needed, I know that a lot of people would have preferred it to start right from where I left off in Colt's book, but we needed to, so, just so everyone could understand, okay, this is who Kennedy really is. Well, that's right because yeah yeah it gave you the understanding as to why they were the four boys were so loyal to her yeah and her to them and her to them and how they had built this relationship up over so many years um so you do find out that teddy was the one that killed the cat um and that he's basically a psychopath him and the dad they just 
you know, were so similar um, and they, you know, enjoyed the fact that Lincoln was a bastard child and they just tortured him like every day. Um, he was just subjected to abuse, verbal, physical, um, whatever they could do to him. Um, and he was just trying to keep his mum safe. She was just a complete shell of a person, basically. Um, and you find out lots of little things along the way. So with the lake scene, you find out that it was it was Jefferson that pushed her in the lake and not Teddy. Um, yeah. They had been, well, it's really devastating when you hear all about her mum, well, their mum dying of cancer and all the stuff that went on after, like just how horrible their father was afterwards. And yeah. um, and you, you kind of like getting a real insight into their weird ass relationship, like do like what every time they're like do you love me today or do you hate me today type of thing. yeah they've got a real screwed up relationship and yeah and then that the you know how the dads actually well colleen suggested that they go and get therapy yeah and then the therapist is like i mean this sociopath and psychopath <laughs> <laughs> kind of like yeah you get that you get that vibe yeah. but also you're like hmm okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then this is the book that you start to love tommy like I, my opinion of him completely flipped because yeah. going from this person that was in an arranged like situation with Kennedy and just manipulating everybody left, right and center and just being a real dick all the time you to finding out that, why. yeah, that he is bisexual. He's literally fooled around with Jefferson. Um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I think, I think, I think Tommy boy has fallen around with most of us. Most people. And his dad (laughs) has got him in therapy to try and cleanse him of his impure nature. Um, And ultimately, you know, after Kennedy was saddled with Teddy, which by the way, her dad was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. Even though he knows how sadistic Teddy is, um, you know, he goes to Senator Maxwell to like sort this out and Tommy boy's like, gives her an out. He's like, yeah, cool. This is funny. Let's just, you can be my beard. Um, Let's just pretend we're not going to get married until after college. Um, But basically we like, I have to act like this because otherwise people are going to know it's a sham and we can't let them know it's a sham. Otherwise your dad's just going to marry off to somebody else basically. So he's actually been her true friend the whole time. True friend. Yeah. He's just been there for her. He's been willing to take the brunt of all of her friends fury and basically look like a shallow person that's cheating on her the whole time just to put up this ruse. Yeah. I really love, love Tommy Boy. I even I even love the fact, well, his name is Thomas, right? And yeah. why he got the name Tommy Boy, it was because his dad was always Tommy Boy, Tommy, you know? It, it was really funny that um, I think Tommy Boy was, um, an, again, another very complex character. And I really loved him. And the fact that the person, his sexual preference that, was such an impediment for his father's you know um governmental career um that he used that take to be kennedy's fiance not only to protect her from getting married to someone else just like teddy but also to give him a little bit of you know a reprieve from his dad's um sending him to those uh, therapy camps and all of that. It, it was really heartbreaking, Tommy Boy's story. I know. And, 
I knew, <laughs> I knew from, well, from the, the very first book, what was going to happen with Tommy Boy. But at the very end, I really um, hesitated to pull the trigger because I didn't want to. It was so devastating. I and also to. it was really devastating. And I know it's not the right way to go about it, but the fact that he was just like, constantly picking on Easton because he was he had a crush on him he had a crush on him (laughs) you know um but we find out so many things in this book so when her mom dies you know you you get that hint that she's been initiated into the society with Colleen so you're like holy shit she is the person um so this is happening um you get a lot more um, information about um, Jefferson and essentially how much, how, what lengths he's gone to protect Kennedy. Like, you know, um, Teddy has, yeah. Teddy has tried to manipulate Lincoln again. Like, firstly, they deliberately set up this thing with Kennedy to torment him. They tell him that. Kennedy is his sister to torment him. Um, And then they set up these weekly dinners that Lincoln is at, just tormenting him even further. And then he kisses her um, and she's just devastated. Like, what is he going to, when is that not going to be enough? And Jefferson's like, he will never touch you again. I'll make sure of it. He distracts him. And this is where we get the insight into why Stone knows her because she follows them to the, um, the bar that stone works at and um that's where she sees jefferson and teddy get some drugs from this lady and um teddy rapes this lady jefferson doesn't do anything about it um and this is where she gets the idea and you're like okay at this point it kind of clicks in place that all right i think that she's definitely the one that's poisoned teddy with the drugs um we're like did he do that and smother him or was Jefferson there? Did Jefferson smother him? What happened? Um, so lots of stuff with that sort of side of it. Um, but, yeah, it's very interesting Kennedy's and Jefferson's relationship. Yeah. So interesting. Um, just the whole way through and and just how bitter their father is as well. He's so angry. And, and the bitterness of Montgomery, actually, you know, um, I think Jefferson has a lot of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're kind of, um, you're getting like more and more stuff. So we find out about that night, um, yeah. essentially that they come across um, the mother and father fighting the ma- like um, Lincoln's mother is pregnant again to somebody else. Crawford absolutely loses it. He tries to shoot Lincoln. He shoots yeah. the mother instead because she jumps in front of Lincoln. Front she of Lincoln. dies um, yeah. and Lincoln just loses it. Loses it. And it's just like, no, nah, I can't suffer this abuse anymore. So he kills the father. Um, so that's where we know, finally know what happened on that, that night. That yeah. night. Um, and then you also find out finally, okay, it's not Kennedy <laughs> because she um, basically starts saying, well, I know something's going on with my guys. They're acting super frightened, super like, you know, 
Um, she knows it, me. There's, there's something. She knows them so well. Yeah. And <laughs> so you find out that, um, yeah, she's been working with Stone. Stone figures it out straight away. They're working together to find out who this is and what's happening there. So it's very, it's very good at that point that we know it's not Kennedy. Um, and so at that point, you pretty much have a really good idea that it's Jefferson because that's the other big player in the game. Um, but all the way along from when Lincoln's 13 and we have all these little snippets and we replay all of those events from different perspectives where he's thinking that she, Kennedy is his sister and all of these little moments where he's so tortured by wanting her and loving her. And especially because she's so voracious as well. She's like, why can't we be together? Why won't you fight for me? Why won't you do this? And the month in particular after his parents die and about like where she's just there every day with Easton and he literally is just drinking himself into oblivion and then breaking every single room in the house. And when they like sleep together and he's so tortured by it that, you know, he has taken his sister's virginity and how much of a horrible person he might be. Um, I just feel so horrible for him because you obviously already know that she's not his sister. His sister, I know. We know that. He doesn't know that. It's just so terrible. Um, So I'm really, I really liked and enjoyed when they finally find out and they finally get together and they just basically tell each other all the secrets. Be like, yeah, look. This is why I thought you were my sister. Um, And she's like, ah, that makes sense. My favorite part of that, though, was when he like gets her phone and he's like, Tommy Tommy Boy, Boy, look, this is off. I'm, you know, and Tommy Boy's like, finally, fine. (laughs) Don't ever hurt her or I will kill you. And um, Lincoln's like, huh, that's weird. And she goes, that not exactly the t- how you thought it would go, the call, yeah, right? Didn't think it'd go like that, did you? No, <laughs> no. So we get um, to that point. Uh, Lincoln also, you know, doesn't know who Tommy Boy is. You nobody know? did. Know nobody that. really knew him. I nobody. think Kennedy was the only one. Um, yeah. And also, she recruited him as well. Like they were so close that he was willing to kind of get close to Jefferson to try and find out what Jefferson was up to because she's like, he's definitely doing this, but why? What's he got? You know, what's he involved with and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so Lincoln and Scarlett call Owen over. They have a little confrontation with him and he tells them the whole story about how like him and Colleen were like desperately in love. He, you know, they kind of split up because there was too many expectations on him. He goes, that's when he slept with Scarlett's mom. She fell pregnant. Come, yeah. like, Colleen shows up. She's pregnant. pregnant and, uh, and then, like, she's like, oh, you slept with someone else, sleep on the couch. And then while he's drunk, Colleen's sister sleeps with him and she's pregnant. pregnant. Like, Damn, he is really virile. He's just <laughs> getting around. Like, he is. Yeah. He is. I'm like, oh my God. Um, So they're also close together in age, but Lincoln just cannot like, he's like, look, at the end of the day, you were there for Scarlett her whole life. You were there for me, but you really just left me. 
in like the most horrible situation and it's so heartbreaking for him because yeah like he really was if Owen had just you know fessed up that so when Lincoln was 13 and he in, in a bad way Crawford and Teddy told him that he was not well he was a bastard Owen could have told them right there and then exactly. you're my son exactly and he, he says that to Owen as well. He's like, you almost cost me the love of my life because you yeah. couldn't tell the truth. Exactly. So it, it for him, it's really unforgivable. All the years that Lincoln had spent loving Kennedy and being tortured by it, even when they were loving each other, you know, intimately, he was so tortured. It was so much pain and suffering that Owen could have prevented it all exactly. just by owning that he was his dad. Exactly. So that was devastating. And we get to the finale. So final letter, um, Jefferson has led Kennedy and Lincoln to this old slaves quarters where their dad grew up. Yeah. And um, kind of goes through the whole thing, essentially gets everybody to tell their secrets. So yes, Kennedy drugged um, Teddy. He killed Teddy, um, you know, he was taking all of the abuse from Teddy to keep it, to keep him away from Kennedy. Um, And, you know, he um, thinks that once she finds out, once her and Lincoln find out what each other have done, that they just won't be able to forgive each other. He just doesn't realize how much love there is. He really knows how to love. No, he doesn't. He's only person that I think he loves truly and it's also a hate and love relationship. Yeah. Is his is Ken. He loves Kennedy, but also it's like a possessive type of love. Like he wants to control her and own her. So it's not even a pure type of love. I don't think he's got that capability in him. Um, yeah. So um, he calls Tommy Boy out there, kills Tommy Boy, gutted. Gutted at that point. But I think if he didn't kill Tommy Boy... Uh, Jefferson would have probably still been alive. I don't think that Kennedy would have pulled the trigger on her, on her brother. No. And so that's what happens. She manipulates him to give her the gun saying she's going to kill Lincoln, ends up killing him. And honestly, he's just so psychotic that he's like, well, that could have gone either way. Um, Yes. I mean, he's the perfect uh, sociopath. Honestly, I did think you were going to shoot me, but I thought, let's give it a go. Odds were against me. He's the perfect sociopath. He actually believed that his sister, his twin, was just as twisted as he was. And I mean, Kennedy she was says a little- that too. She yeah. says that though, like, we both have the same tendencies, but the difference was I had love in my life from the start and he never had that. He just had this screwed up father that just kept like, you know, telling him that the only value that they could ever have was if they could get some sort of, you know, money in their lives or exactly. And that's, and that also was, was the other big thing that he had basically seduced Lincoln's mom until he knocked her up purposely so that he yeah. could be like, well, now, now I'm a part of the Richfield family. So that's yeah. why he was so gung-ho on trying to kill Lincoln because he blamed him essentially for taking away his, you know, next step. So, yeah, I mean, 
I mean, it was a wild ride. It was a wild ride. It was. <laughs> um, like huge. And I did love the epilogue as well, like that Lincoln is like going to be the president. You find out that, you know. <laughs> Actually, just going back, you know what part I love? <laughs> When Tommy, Tommy Boy goes up to the table, he's like, oh, is this the meeting of all the dead presidents? <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy, Jefferson. Lincoln. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I did love that, actually. It was good. It was good. Oh, Tommy Boy had a lot of uh, you know cute scenes like in the Halloween party when he saw Scarlett and Easton and he's like that I wish I was in the middle of that yes oh, I know I did love that I so did love funny. that he was so funny he would make me sin and then I would get on my knees and beg for forgiveness from her <laughs> he was so funny I, was, I really, really did not want to I didn't want to kill him. I oh, didn't. No, he was, it was physically to do it, but I had to, I, I knew that hat was the tipping point for Kennedy, which sucked. <laughs> I it was, what, it was. I would preferred him, you know, to move to Hollywood uh, and have his plans to move to California and because all the, have sex with all the bisexual people (laughs) just live a really rich life fucking really rich life of sex and tans and (laughs) i know he didn't ask for much he did he he was a very simple man (laughs) he was he was and oh before we get to the epilogue actually so we find out obviously colleen is essentially the society so was like finn's mom like it's all the women. You know, I actually love all that. Women. I love that they were all women. I kind of picked up on, uh, yeah, in that book when the when Kennedy's kind when her mum's on her deathbed. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, this society is actually going to be chicks, and I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> so Jefferson was like just mimicking the society. Meanwhile, it actually exists. It's all women. It's being held. Owen's got this secret club to gather all the information for Colleen. He's also sleeping with all the people to get the information for Colleen. And um here they are like so so right there um so obviously when Colleen and Owen got together he he automatically knew that Colleen was the head of the society, correct? So she wanted him since he that Turner charm that I always put in all of the books that Turner charm what that Cole and Owen both have that they could you know charm a woman yeah. <laughs> uh, to do whatever they wanted um Colleen saw that as an asset of her husband and used it which really is like oh my god how twisted of an individual can you be to use your husband to sleep around with Definitely all these women and- she definitely she does say though she does say that i don't know if i think it might be to kennedy where she says like or maybe um i could be cold where she you know she goes you have no idea um the lengths i have gone to yeah for the love for my love of my kennedy Yeah. yeah um and that at that point you're like there's there's a bit more to colleen that people just don't actually see um even to the point where she she's protect she's protected lincoln this whole time like in each book she's she's there in the background even though she comes off as a cold-hearted bitch she'll be like 
Colt, your cousin needs you. Like, you need yeah, exactly. get out of bed. We're going to Lincoln. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I did like her too. But I did <laughs> love that Kennedy's just like walks in and she's like, no, this society is not what I'm standing for. You never helped me. You could have stopped all these deaths. How dare you? I resign. And then all the women were like, we accept. <laughs> because right there, Kennedy didn't bring um, to the actual society what was going on with Jefferson. No. She decided just to go to Colleen. Right? Colleen didn't do anything about it. And Colleen didn't do anything about it. So even though the concept of the society of writing wrongs is correct like they're trying to do you know take justice into their own hands for the greater good it's correct Colleen and how she reacted to Kennedy wasn't no right it was no, exactly and that's how she was like no and then the other women were like oh okay we didn't know that was happening like damn yeah. and Stone was there Stone was and there she was like getting <laughs> and Vince <laughs> was like I'll pull you forward, Stone. Yeah, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the epilogue was awesome. Like, yeah, Lincoln's going to, you know, trying to be the president. He's got twins. Um, him and Kennedy have twin boys. Um, <laughs> twin girls. Twin girls, sorry. Finn and Stone have two boys. Yeah. Um, Colt and Emma, they're just popping the babies out everywhere. They're just like, damn. Yeah. Like, they want to under five? five kids yeah, they got five kids and Scarlett and Neeson have the one and one. it's just so it was so nice just hearing about all their like the fact that they were doing like everything they wanted like I love that Cole yeah. became a writer with Emma with Emma <laughs> yeah I love that and I love that Finn finally like did his astronomy and yeah. you know Scarlett became a singer it was like so nice loved it yeah. so anyway Obviously. that's the series that's the series <laughs> we loved it i feel like most people that listen have already have already read these books but if you haven't you know you need to because even everything we've spoken about there's so much more that you can get out of it as well so go and read it um now we've got some fun questions for you before we get to them one more question what are you working on now Right now, I'm finishing uh, a reverse harem mafia book called uh, Binding Rose for Mafia Wars series. So there's going to be six books um, in that series, and I'm the first one. Yep. Uh, the other five books are from, sorry, my neighbor's doing construction. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the first book is my one, and the other five ones are from uh, Rebecca Royce, C.R. Jane, Katie Knight, uh, Loxley Savage, uh, Caroline, and Suzanne Valenti, the sisters. Oh, actually, I have seen about this. Um, yeah. So sorry. It's it's fine. It's fine. You know, I actually have seen about that, um, you know, that series. I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Yeah. Uh, and after that, uh, after that book, um, I want to do um, a little duet with Sierra Jane that we discussed about, we've planned like for two years now, and also another book with Katie Knight. Um, and then <laughs> I have some secret projects that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, we're very excited. 
I wanted to do at least Naomi's and Richard's book, um, Owen and Colleen's, and maybe Meredith's. So a little bit of spin-off to the society. So I'm going to call it probably the Society Chronicles. Now, I'd love to publish it in 2022, but since I don't want to have readers wait like they waited for Juno Evil those nine months, I'll probably, what I'll do is just write it this year and then publish it, you know, all like a month apart in 2023. Yeah, fantastic. Because I think nine months was a lot of time for people to, to wait for, <laughs> for Juno Evil. And next year, I really would like to, you know, okay, they're all written down, now I can publish it. So no one has to wait so long. Fantastic. Yeah, no, that's very exciting. We are very excited to read all of those things. They sound amazing. <laughs> all of the all of the authors that you've mentioned also, um, you know, are great, fantastic authors. So can only imagine what they will end up like. Can't wait. Okay, here's the fun questions. Okay. What's your favorite color? Black. That is such a common authors like black. Black straight it's away. Like- Shiny black, matte black, just black, like every black. Love it. Black hair, black, you know, <laughs> all wearing black heat for me was perfect. Like the perfect man. That's it. Black. Yeah. yeah. If you were a chair, what celebrity would you want to sit in you? Charlie Hannum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Is he inspiration for any of your Murphy characters? Who? Charlie Hunnam. He was an inspiration for a motorcycle um, reverse harem book that I did called Archangels MC. Yeah, he was definitely. In- <laughs> <laughs> he plays a very good um, motorcycle uh, oh, MC. Dax oh, for me was <laughs> so good. <laughs> Uh, if you were a potato, how would you be cooked? Mm, baked. Yes. Do you have any writing rituals? I do. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> for example, I have, like right now, even to do this little interview, I did um, a sprinting before. So I need to have a little bit of a candle. Yep. My moment of zen. I have to always have it on. I need to have my coffee with me. Yep. Um, and anytime I do a break while sprinting, I need to listen to the playlist that I've done for that book so I can continue to be in that world. yes fantastic we love a good playlist from a book yeah Mm -hmm. once I'm done with that uh, world then I try not to listen to those songs again so that when I start a new world they don't affect you know that world so yeah that's awesome are very important yeah yeah definitely what comes to you first the plot or characters it it depends it depends I mean with uh, the society series um the first it, it came from a song 
<laughs> okay, so the the first thing person, well, the first thing that came to mind was in fact Lincoln. Um, but I've had other series where, uh, for example, Archangels MC, uh, where the plot came to mind because I saw a per a woman, you know, digging herself out of her grave. So <laughs> yeah, I'm macabre <laughs> that's like so, a, the biggest fear for me like that i yeah. read one book where it had it at the start and i was like <gasps> my book archangel mc actually starts with her with hope digging herself out of her grave yeah so yeah so you see <laughs> she, needs to, she needs to prepare herself for these things it's, um, I literally it's that and drowning and like Oh, for me, it's drowning. Yeah, yeah, I can read it. I'm happy to read it, but it's like yeah, it's preparation. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> for me, it's drowning. Like um, Kennedy's scene when she was pushed, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't write a lot about it because I, I was freaked out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, going back to that saying where Jefferson's like, <laughs> do you know why? Like, I got us out of the, um, you know, therapist meeting because <laughs> I told her that, like, my first memory was when I tried to drown you in the bath when we were three and mom didn't yeah. even do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Hence why they were so scared. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, didn't you ever wonder why you were so scared? But anyway, <laughs> then I got the bath for myself so I could play with my toys, which is what I wanted. So yeah oh my god it like if you if after he confessed that if you had any thought that he wasn't a sociopath you're wrong that man was certified like cuckoo i know i know i know oh my god i can't believe we didn't mention that that's hilarious um yes well thank <laughs> you so not. much for no it was <laughs> i'm sorry but i just can fully picture that that scene playing out like if it was in a movie with him just like giggling to himself and then just going fully blank faced and being like, but then I got the bath to myself. So that's what I wanted. And just being like totally yeah, fine. With was that was my plan. So you were talking. I asked you to stop. You didn't stop. So I tried to drown <laughs> you. Mum took you away. I got the bath to myself. She never told a soul. So I mean, if you wondered whether she loved you, she didn't. Okay. <laughs> It's just me, but it's like uh, <laughs> I love villains. Like I, I, villains for me, they're so interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, like yes, you know, like really, really, like crazy. Like what would the most you know vicious or cruel or you know maniacal human being? What could would they do in this moment? And then I come up with it. I think it's very telling that I come up with it. <laughs> So My husband always says that I have a very active imagination, but sometimes I scare him <laughs> what his brain comes up with. I mean, look, you're like, hey, honey, uh, sorry, I'm just going to write a book. Like, um, it just came to me, but yeah, she was digging herself out of a grave. <laughs> anyway, I'll be off. Opening chapter. <laughs> <laughs> really going to get those readers in. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> your husband's like, <laughs> hubby actually you know he proofreads everything like he does my covers and everything so oh, i love it yeah so when he proofreads i don't think i can shock him anymore sometimes i try to write in a scene that i know will shock him <laughs> if it shocks him then i'm doing a good job <laughs> 
I did get him to cry once, just once, but I did get him to cry. And it was, I felt so accomplished right there. Look, this is um, one of our challenges that we have with Beck. She's not a crier. Um, so like every time I talk to an author, we always just like kind of conspire against her a little bit about if you could try and write a chapter where you can get her to cry, that would be fantastic. The challenge has been set. Like there's a few authors that are like, you just wait. We are actually going to put something in to there. Make you cry. <laughs> you don't cry at all. She cries and sometimes, I'm- right? So this is what it's like because I'm a crier. She's not a, a crier. Um, so it's to the point now that every time she does cry, I make her FaceTime me so I can see it. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so That's much. Ha- do you, Beck, do you like reverse harem books? Oh, obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. Okay. Pick up Breathe Me and Breathe You. It's a duet that I co-wrote with um, C.R. Jane. If you do not cry okay. in that duet, maybe you're a sociopath. Oh my god! I added all the an email afterwards. Like I want to see that photograph of you bawling. Okay. All right. Well, the challenge the challenge has been set. Like there are a lot of authors now. Because this is our this is our final episode for a couple of weeks. So now we're just actually going to read books on our TBRs. So bam, we've got that. We've got um, that. Just... Add it. Can you add that? So Amanda's got a list of notes that we share that in my phone. So every now, there's always a new book in there, all right? Because she reads a lot quicker than me, but I, again, she cheats. You know but... what? Wait a second. I think I have a couple of paperback copies here. You, you girls send me your addresses and I'll send that to you. Like oh God, I, I, I love want that. A, a tear from back now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would get I'm keen. I, 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 I make her. I make her call me every time she cries. I make her call me. <laughs> the thing is, I love to feel the pain in a book. So, like when a main character dies or like a favorite character dies, I'm like, oh that hurt like a bitch but that's good he's a masochist massively um (laughs) i so understand (laughs) like i'm writing and i'm i'm boiling and hubby comes and goes so who did you kill this time (laughs) you know because i'm crying my heart out each person that i've killed so far has my tears (laughs) trust me (laughs) I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I will like, yeah, no, I'm not typical, but I will cry. Um in movies that where dogs die. <laughs> uh, but that's normal. If you're oh, an animal lover, you, you can't you that's can't the go. only time. Yeah. But like there's been some really tragic things that happen in these books. I'm like, oh that's so I mean okay. make no yourself kill dog. <laughs> <laughs> I almost cried at the cat. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I killed. Oh gosh, I killed the girl. The girl's cat. I just snap its neck, and I was like, "Oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, Teddy. Oh god, Teddy was the worst. He was so bad. The worst. The worst. But all right, I'll add that to my list, and I will keep you posted. Okay. Of my tears. Thank you so much for joining us. Honestly, we've had an absolute ball. And thank you for being our season finale as well. I'm so honored you girls. So, you know, even reached out to me, seriously. (laughs) 
Um, and we will include all of the links to Ivy's um, social media and to her website. Um, so you can check out all of the other books that she's got available as well. Um, and we hope to chat to you again soon when we um, read all of your newest things to come out. I hope so too.